Champlain College Center for Community and Social Justice. Welcome to Diversifying Diversity with your host, Dr. Kylie King. Today, I talked with Susan Edwards over a Zoom call. Hello, we are joined now by Susan Edwards. Susan wears many hats at Champlain. She is an assistant director with the Office of Career Services, the career coach for the Division of Education and Human Studies, and she is also a fellow with the Center for Community and Social Justice. Susan, welcome. Thanks for being here. Hi, Kylie. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're excited to talk with you. Uh, we're hoping that you can start with just a quick introduction to yourself, your work at Champlain, and especially your work related to the topic of diversity. Awesome. Yes. Well, I came on uh, to Champlain College uh, about a month before the pandemic hit, so February 2020, and um, I had been working with a local nonprofit called Vermont Works for Women doing program development for their career services, and uh, my contract had completed there, and so I was just really fortunate that this opportunity came, um, and I have really just dove right into working with students, working with alumni, working with parents, uh, working with other constituents on campus, off campus employers, really all in efforts to help build education around career pathways for students. So when they graduate, they have some identified career pathway that they would like to go on. Career pathway also includes graduate school. Um, so that's really my work. And, and throughout my work, of course, the tools that diversity, equity, and inclusion um, really are implemented in that work, the types of tools that are implemented are really around um, access, around um, information, around uh, having the ability to know what's out there. So being exposed, exposure to different career pathways, exposure to different employers, and just making sure that everyone's voices and everyone's participation in the process, including the students, is equally important as my participation in the process. Uh, I'm constantly thinking and taking inventory about you know, whose voices are, are not in this process of helping a student build their career pathway, what other resources are needed, what resources outside of the usual box of resources are needed for students uh, to build their career pathway. And so I'm just constantly taking inventory on that. And my connection to community development and economic development within Vermont and beyond Vermont is, has been really an important piece of that because I think I bring a, a broader scope and vision to, to career services at Champlain uh, because of that work history and work experience that I've experienced. I hope that answers your question. It does, Susan, and it leads me to more questions. So I uh, am wondering if you could start um, by telling us a little bit more about the work that you are doing in community development, community justice related to your project with the Center for Community and Social Justice. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So my project through the fellowship is around evaluating Champlain College's hiring practices uh, 
as well as evaluating uh, women's employment prospects post-incarceration um, and really melding the two and hopefully creating a, a pilot. We're working on a pilot proposal of adopting what's called open hiring practices as the tool and the glue that kind of can bring those together. Uh, so Champlain's hiring practices, what kind of barriers are though, you know, what's actually strong about their hiring practices to include diverse applicants? What are some of the barriers that those practices uh, uh, promote? Um, and also what are, so, what are the needs for women post-incarceration in regards to employment? And then, of course, like I said, the open hiring is a recruitment uh, tool that is used to remove some of those barriers, whether it's through the application process, through the onboarding process, um, and then through sustainable employment process. So we're, we're looking at that. And we've been collaborating with multiple agencies, um, Rhino Foods, who did a pilot program. And now I think they're just running with their program. It's been very successful, including folks, not only uh, post-incarceration, but folks with other different larger barriers, um, you know, folks that have been taken out of society in one way or another and are trying to re-enter the workforce. Uh, so we've been working with them. Uh, Vermont Works for Women, Heather Newcomb, who is their women's program manager, is uh, actually on our IRB, which we submitted an IRB to get approval for um, original research, which we've done. Uh, we've researched higher education institutions in Vermont around their staffing practices and how they've used open hiring or not used open hiring in their recruitment process. We've also done um, some research with women post-incarceration and, and what their needs are and what their barriers are. And Heather has really been the lead on um, working with recruiting those client participants, those women out of prison. So yeah, it's been an interesting road. I wish I had more time, like another two years <laughs> to get a larger pool of uh, research. But I always think of it as that we have a snapshot of some research that's, that's really good input and can guide a pilot proposal to really help Champlain open up their hiring practices to include really just all voices, like I had said earlier, all voices, all people, all, all narratives into the, uh, into the family at that's Champlain College. How exciting. And I know we often talk about Champlain as being really integrated in the community in which we operate. And I think this is just a great example. You're learning from places like Rhino Foods. You're trying to initiate new processes. You're doing research around that. And hopefully you'll have some takeaways to share to uh, help others improve in these areas as well. So that is wonderful. So you talked a bit about uh, being especially focused on women and those who were previously incarcerated. Mm -hmm. I am wondering how you personally define diversity, uh, especially related to this work, or the types or facets of diversity that are important to your work. Mm. And this could be both through your research as well as through your work with the Office of Career Services. It's a really good question. I The word diversity, I... I think generally the concept of DEI and the individual words, like the actual language, sometimes I get a little tripped up on. I, I feel it can be limiting those, the actual language of diversity, inclusion, equity, like 
so I, I feel diversity really is about making sure that there is as much input from all different areas of life, academics, real world experience, um, all different areas of ideas, different thinking, and just making sure that the dominant narrative and the, the dominant uh, folks in the room are aware of that dominance and, and really thinking about and evaluating that um, as you know, a real barrier to creating equitable circumstances for students, for community members. I think diversity, equity, inclusion, those terms within itself, and then the, the movement that has happened in the past 20 years around that has to be careful because I feel that it can be, you know, a really a white, cisgender, patriarchal uh, driven movement. And I think that there needs to be awareness around that. So I think for me, it's just that constant evaluation, um, making sure that as many experiences are part of a process uh, as possible, as many thoughts, as many people, and not, not just me and everyone that has a history like me and everyone that looks like me. I, you know, I feel like I have to be very conscious of that. I don't know if that answers that question, but <laughs> that, that does answer that question. Okay. And, uh, and again, leads me to, to wonder a bit more, Susan, about your experiences. And, and I will mention, I did not know prior to this conversation that you were previously with Vermont Works for Women. And so I think that's another example of you bringing past experiences into your, your current job and your current approach. So um, how have your past experiences influenced the work that you're currently doing at Champlain? Oh my goodness. So that is an amazing question. So my past experiences, again, I think obviously I'm talking, I talk about very, you know, having, making sure all experiences and lenses are part of the process. I think because that is my history. I, my undergrad graduate degree was in performing arts. So I was a dancer for 10 years. <laughs> and I actually think that that set me up to where I am now, if you can believe it. But I've had a really rich, diverse work history. And so I, I, I have tried to take advantage of as many experiences as possible that are, are very different and that I've pushed myself. Um, and so I think what the interesting piece is that when I was brought on board, it was, I always thought maybe that could work against me. Like, you know, I was in, in health and nutrition and I education. And, you know, if you looked at my resume, it, it could seem like there are so many different areas of work, but, but there was really themes in that um, with community development, with education. Um, and that's why I think it was a strength. And I know it was a strength because people told me that, that I had that diverse experiences. And so when I came to work, uh, with the education and human studies students, I had real lived experiences in the type of work that these students want to do. Um, so I think that is extremely valuable. I always thought I was going to do one thing for my whole entire life. And when I had realized that 
that one thing was limiting me, that I, I was limited in my knowledge of the world and of, of life in general, that I decided at that point that I would try to just expose myself to as many different things as possible. And to me, I feel that that opened up my, my, the opportunity to really gain uh, different perspectives of how folks really view the world and their experiences of the world and how I don't have to agree with it. And I don't have to live that, but if I'm going to serve people that I need to know that I'm, I'm there to support them. So I think that in itself really informs my work in uh, the, the project, the fellowship, and also my work at the Career Collaborative that, you know, I'm not here for myself. I'm here to really support the students in the way they need and the way they want and to help them build their own vision. It's not my vision for them. <laughs> they have enough people probably telling them what their vision should be. So it's really me helping them support whatever their vision is for themselves in their life. And That's the great, great thing is, is that changes. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't have to be just one thing. Yes, exactly. And you talked about based on your own diversity of experiences, uh, those have influenced you in different ways that may have been unexpected. Yeah. And so when we think about the topic of diversity um, among ourselves or among our students, it's both diversity within ourselves that can influence mm. the paths that we take, as well as the diverse experiences that we bring to the table when we're interacting with others, uh, which I think are both important to keep in mind. Totally. So are there any common misconceptions that you'd like to dispel around your work in diversity, equity, and inclusion, or around DE&I more broadly? I think there, I was thinking about this question. I think there's misconceptions that you know, career services in general are that that it's an area that is not doing the DEI work that is needed to bring the course of work into the 21st century. And I, I feel that career services, just a lot of people and a lot of institutions are doing a lot of work specifically around um, DEI work within career services. So that's really great to see. And I, I think because career services not only deals with you know, the student or a client, but you're working with employers, you're working with a larger community. So it, it is really a form of community development, I believe. And I think that, um, and even, you know, economic stability or economic development, because you're, you're helping people go out and contribute to the world and, and also helping them hopefully um, gain some financial stability in their life at some point with the work that they are doing. So I think folks don't realize the depth of career services, of the depth of the reach of that type of work. Luckily at Champlain, it's very supported. That's what attracted me to Champlain. It's so integrated, which is great. And as far as DEI work, I mean, the, the misconceptions can be because I'm a middle-aged white woman that I, I may not know what I'm talking about. But I feel um, I, I do. I feel like I have something to contribute as a co-conspirator um, in some ways and in other ways as a listener, in other ways as a leader and, you know, all the different ways that I can contribute. Um, I've had definitely some misconceptions because of my age that that I'm out of touch and, and I feel like I really strive to not be out of touch <laughs> and to really help myself grow and, 
even though growth can be difficult um, in that area. Well, thank you for mentioning that. And I I think it is important to recognize that misconceptions and stereotypes can exist in a number of different areas in terms of things like your age, your your background, um, how you appear, how you present yourself. So thanks for, for sharing those details of your own lived experiences and also for highlighting the important relationship between economic development, career opportunity, and diversity. You'll often talk to people in Vermont about what they wish could be different, and you will hear primarily more diversity and better job opportunities. And so I think that these things are likely very interconnected and, and important to bring up. So Susan, before we wrap up, I am hoping that you might be able to share a practical takeaway or an idea for how we can integrate some of your work or some of these topics into our daily lives. Oh, goodness. That's a million dollar question. I think really, you know, I I was thinking of this because at the Career Collaborative at Champlain, we we started doing something called bokelas. And bokela is a word in the Susutu language in Southern Africa that means gathering. And so we started these gatherings around DEI in relationship to career education. And you know, some of the some of the same people showed every time. It's like the same story. It's always the same people who show up every time. Um, I realized that I think it definitely takes a a knowing and a passion for DEI work, and that not necessarily everyone has that, um, and not necessarily everyone understands the impact of that type of work. So I think uh, a, a takeaway for integration would be to try to figure out, like to try to figure out how to connect the bridge between the passionate and the folks that, uh, that it's not their thing. Like, I think people think it's, should, it's a thing. Like some people have it, some people don't. Some people love it, some people don't. And to really take it from that, again, that extracurricular type mentality to that it's a part of everybody's work. It's a part of everyone's thinking. Do I know how to do that? No, I think I we're working on it um, by offering opportunities for those conversations to happen. Um, and I think that's the first step is just like I talked about in the beginning, the exposure piece, integrating it into our, our weekly meetings, like just integrating the conversations all the time. Maybe not everyone will come to those vocalas, but it's integrated the conversations into all their aspects of what we're talking about as much as possible. So then eventually those who, you know, we're not trying to get them to be passionate about the topic, but that it's just part of what they're doing as well, that it's not kind of that extracurricular or that, um, you know, outside interest, that it's just a part of the work that we do. Does that make sense? That does make sense, Susan. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your personal experiences and and your thoughts around this important topic. We really appreciate your time. Well, thank you for doing this awesome work and for having me. (laughs) It was my pleasure. Okay, well, thank you again, Susan, and I'm sure we will talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kylie. Inclusive diversity is important to groups, organizations, schools, and societies. We as people have the power to transform as individuals and as a global community for the betterment of our society. 
In order to harness this power, it is important that we recognize that equity and inclusion are the keys to creating opportunity and meaning in our lives. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Diversifying Diversity. Stay tuned this season as we share full interviews and collectively learn about the important work our guests are doing in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion.